Good evening, Christ Fellowship and all of our guests. How are you tonight? We are so glad that you're here with us. If everybody could stand to their feet, go ahead and grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 5 tonight. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5. One thing that we believe in doing when we say it week after week here at Christ Fellowship is that we are going to honor God's Word. We're going to take a minute right at the beginning, and we are going to just pause and stop and really hear what God has to say to us tonight. So could you welcome Joanna as she comes to read the Word tonight? Good evening, everyone. Welcome to week 31 of our revival. It is such an honor to have you all here with us tonight. This is the best time of our lives. We have the best time coming together, gathering different churches all together as one family. And we are just so honored to have you here with us. So tonight we're gonna be reading Mark 5, 24 to 34. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and she was no better, but it grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only, if only, if only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that power had gone out of him, turned in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter and son, your faith will make you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Tonight, a lot of us have things that we're waiting for, that we're believing for, whether it be healing in our body, whether it be breakthrough deliverance. You can imagine that she was put, that she was stepped on as she was pushing through, but she had tunnel vision and she was focused on Jesus. All she had was the view of Jesus and that's all that she had in her mind was I just need to get to him. Tonight we need to push through, we need to get to him, we need to have tunnel vision and look only to him. Whatever you came in with, whatever issues you came in with, I ask you to lay it down and focus on him. He is going to make you well. He is the well. He is the well. And he asks you tonight to drink. You're gonna drink tonight. Father, we are gathered tonight acknowledging your goodness to us, acknowledging your faithfulness to us, acknowledging your uh, 
trustworthiness, God. You are not a liar. You did not leave us. You never left us. You're right here with us. In the darkest hour, in our darkest hour, you were there. You were there and you acknowledged us. Here, ceremonially, she was unclean. She wasn't even allowed to go out. But she touched his clothes and he knew. And before this, he was supposed to be going to heal somebody else. But he stopped for her. The unclean woman, he stopped for her. So Father, we thank you. We are grateful for your healing, for your deliverance. We acknowledge you and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen. Come on, give him praise tonight. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy, you're worthy. There is none like you in all the earth. Come on, lift him up tonight. Jesus, there's nobody like you. There's nobody like you. I'd like to invite you tonight just to come down to the front. I believe that something happens when you just move and step out of your comfort zone and do something different. So we'd invite you to come on down. Worship him with all you have. Free of the distractions of the people around you. And let's press into his presence tonight. Amen. That the highest king would welcome I was lost, but he brought me Oh, his love for me Yes, his love for me Come on, sing it out Who the sun sets free Is free indeed I'm a child Let's go. 
His name. Lift your hands in this place tonight. The presence of the Lord is in this house. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Jesus, it is your face. And your face alone that we seek tonight. Lord, you said in Psalm 27 to seek your face you said it you invited us to and David responded Lord my heart says back to you your face I will seek and one thing I have desired 
that I may behold your glory and to dwell in your house forever. Lord, it is nothing about us, but it is you. And Lord, I know, if I know anything, that you are here in this building. And you love us. And Lord, we love you back. Right now, we love you back. Come on, tell him, just quietly, just tell him that you love him. Come on, it's great to be loved back. Come on, love him. Love him now. You may have failed him, but love him now. You may have come in here dirty and feeling unashamed and condemned, but love him now because he loves you. You feel hopeless, come on, love him. You may be suicidal right now. If you'll love him, hope will surge into your soul right now. Love him. Love him. Come on, love him right now. Love him, love him, love him. Come on, he's worthy of all of our affection. He's worthy of all of our affection. Praise Him. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. It is good to be at Christ Fellowship Church tonight. And we welcome all of our guests from all over the world that have traveled here near and far to be in this house. Not for a preacher because you really didn't know who was going to preach. You came for Him. You came for Him and He knows that. My Lord, come on, on the count of three, we're going to give such a shout to the Lord that the seismologists are going to find something's going to be happening in Dawsonville, Georgia, that they're going to wonder what happened. Why did the earthquake at 139 High Tower Parkway in this little town outside of Atlanta, on the count of three, we're going to give him our greatest shout of praise, a shout of victory. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people, and a shout unto God with a voice of triumph. So when I count to three, we're going to do it. Are you ready? On the count of three, we're going to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. One, two, three.
Come on, you'll lift a shout of praise tonight.
Are you glad to be in the house of God tonight? Come on. My goodness. We're glad that you're here. Greet about 10 people. Shake their hands. You may be seated in the house tonight. Welcome them to Christ Fellowship. Good evening. Welcome to Christ Fellowship Church. We're glad that you're here. We're so honored. Our 31st week of revival, the Lord poured out His Holy Spirit on us February the 11th right here on a dramatic Sunday night event after a 21 day of fasting and prayer. And we have worked very diligently to be able to host the presence of the Lord and to um, accommodate his presence, not to grieve him nor to quench him, but give him a platform to be Jesus. To be Jesus, unfiltered, reckless, in a healthy way. Walking away from timetables and religion and tradition not boxing him in, not personality driven, not a production, not a show, not a lot of lights and laser and fog and haze to create an environment to entertain our flesh, but simply to host his presence. If there's any smoke in the building, we want it to be his glory. We, the reason sometimes we have to have haze, we want it to seem as if His glory is in the building. That somehow we get enough talent on the platform that His glory will come. Not so. Back in the old days, they used to pray the glory down. Now we produce the glory. We try to praise the glory down. You can't praise the glory down if you've not spent the time in prayer. And the two tongues and interpretation of tongues tonight are the heart of the Father. A church will never rise above its prayer life. Praise the Lord. He's here. You brought him with you. He's in the house. God is good. I want us uh, to receive an offering tonight. We want to be a blessing to the man of God that is coming to bring the word this evening. A dear friend of mine, son in the faith, probably my all-time favorite preacher. Not probably is. And I, I don't say that every time I get someone up here. This is my favorite preacher on the planet. 
To me, he is better than T.D. Jakes, Steve Furtick, Andy Sandley, and all the above and everybody in between. He's better than them. I love all those fellas, but no one sets my, fire, my wood on fire like Pastor David Edmondson. And we're glad that you're here. So we're going to bless him tonight, but also we want to be a blessing to the host church here, our church, Christ Fellowship. Since February, we've spent almost sixty-four dollars to $65,000 to host this revival. Revival's not cheap. Our power bill went up from around $3,800 to $4,200 to $7,000 a month. This is the largest freestanding building in Dawson County. Our water bill went from $600 a month to $1,200 a month. So there are a lot of expenses. We pay for childcare every Sunday night. We give every new convert, every person that gets baptized, a free devotional book called 40 Days that my wife and I wrote about 10, 12 years ago. This book right now is in seven different languages around the world, but our church is sowing this into someone's life, every person that gets baptized. Last three weeks, we've sold over 325 of these, absolutely free to people. So what we're going to do tonight, we want you to help if you can. There's no obligation, there's no pressure, but we want to be a blessing. Where the presence of the Lord is, we want you to honor that by giving a gift that the Lord lays on your heart. Give a gift that the Lord lays on your heart and help us continue hosting the revival. We're going to do it if you help us or not. We're going to do it whether you help us or not. Come on now, somebody. Mm -hmm. But I want you to put seed into the ground, and then we're also going to bless the man of God tonight. Out at the book table, I want to let you know that there's a book that I wrote called He Sat Down. This book came out about a year and a half ago, and it has wrecked a lot of churches in a good way. It's available out in the lobby. I want you to get that. You can also get the 40 Days book and also a devotional book that I wrote called Word Power. It's a promise book. You can grab all of those out at the table at the end of the service. So let's stand for our offering, if you would, right now. We want to give time for the Word. If you are a pastor here tonight a lead pastor of a church, I need you to lift your hand as high as you possibly can. God bless you right here. Anybody else? Where are right here? Where else? Over there. God bless you guys. Are there other pastors? Right over there. Back in the back, my Lord. If you'll keep your hand up, we want to make sure that you get this brochure. We're hosting a pastors and leadership revival conference October the 15th. One day conference, absolutely free. It's a revival conference, not a conference on how to grow your church. Not, a how, not how to preach with Christian swagger. But how to host His presence. We want you to come and be a part of that. You can register free. Information is on the card. You ready to give tonight? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to sow seed in what you're doing here.
And Lord, you said that you love a cheerful giver. Lord, not just a hilarious giver, but Lord, a prompt and the spur of a moment giver. That all you have to say is give. And everything that they have is yours. And they say, yes, Lord. For you love a prompt real-time giver that will not argue with you for you love a prompt giver so we give tonight not in hopes of getting anything in return but just out of gratefulness yes Lord in Jesus name amen amen you may be seated before the man of God comes tonight and preaches the word, who is here for the very first time at the revival? Lift your hand. My Lord, my Lord, God bless you. Thank you. We have a, a missionary couple all the way from China that watch the videos from China. Lynn, would you and your husband stand up right there, right here from all the way from China? Come on, they pastor an underground church. They teach International School of Ministry, Bible school to the underground church. Been there for 10 years. Saw the videos. They come back to uh, New Jersey. And when they came to New Jersey on the way home, they said, or on the way here, or the, even before, you said, we got to get to Georgia. The Lord spoke to you and said, go to Georgia. From China, from New Jersey, down to Dawsonville, Georgia. Where's, uh, where's our team from uh, Houston, Texas, and uh, Yukon, Oklahoma? Is that right, you guys? God bless you. A group that drove down from Missouri. Anybody from Missouri, where are you guys? Right back there. God bless you. And I know that also from Houston, Texas, Arkansas, where's the, my friend, my pastor? Right there. Holy Ghost is going to hit you tonight. Come here. Come here quickly. Give it up for the pastor from Arkansas right here. Hey! Tell everybody your name. Jamie Mott. Jamie, why did you come to Dawsonville, Georgia? I serve a broken city. You serve a broken city. Mm -hmm. yeah. How long have you been there? I need the Holy Ghost. Uh, 15 years now. 15 years. Your church did something for you to get you here, didn't they? Yeah. What did they, what did they say to you? <laughs> go and bring it back. <laughs> I went to revival in Kentucky for the last three days and came here tonight, and then I'm headed back. Headed so back. they said, "Don't come home unless you bring them." Yeah, yeah. So I got to go somewhere else if I don't get something. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be one of the first ones that get baptized tonight as a pastor, and the Holy Ghost and fire is gonna hit you with that water. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. You hungry? Praise the Lord. Yes, absolutely. Okay, come on, give it up for our pastor all the way from Arkansas, Pastor Jamie. One son, I can't recall the day, but church, I, I was walking this platform in January of this year, in January, in a 21-day fast. Karen and I and many others just did completely without any type of food, just juices. We were hungry for him. I'm right about here walking toward the baptistry. 
Now, you have to remember, I'm a Southern Baptist that got baptized with the Holy Ghost in, in 1995. I've never had a vision, never had a dream, never had an open vision. I'm walking right about here, and my eyes look at that baptistry, and it's completely empty. And the closer I got to the baptistry, the Lord allowed me to see a vision of this tank full of water. And I saw a strip of fire about three feet wide, two and a half to three feet wide, running from front to back. And the Lord spoke to my heart, and these are the words that He said. He said, Todd, I'm going to baptize people with Holy Spirit and fire. I'm going to baptize them in water. And He says, when they come up out of the water, fire is going to fall upon them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was in January. Jerry, where's Jerry Seymour? Jerry, I made that proclamation February the 11th, I think it was, or the 28th of January, February the 11th, after our fast. And you were one of the first ones into that water. We baptized two Sundays, the 18th and I think the 25th. Nothing dramatic happened. We baptized eight on Sunday and nine the following Sunday, and nothing dramatic happened. I said, okay, Lord, it must be when they get saved, they're going to get baptized in water, and just the Holy Spirit's going to fall upon them. And we, in this revival, did not baptize for two months. It was a time of preparation for our people of deep, deep repentance. We met God in a way that we'd never met Him before. He would literally walk into this building, and we would crumble in His presence. That's when there was about a hundred people in this building. No big crowds, just thirsty. Pastor Lance Johnson, who'll be preaching next Sunday night, was preaching. We'd have 110, 115 people, but God showed up. And the Lord spoke to us and said, spontaneously baptize people. Two months after we baptized, two weeks in a row. And I kid you not, at that moment when people would get into those waters, the fire of God would fall upon them. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. I don't know why he's choosing water. I don't know why he's doing it that way. Maybe it needs to be so unconventional for us to believe it. Maybe it needs to be so non-man. They are stacked up like cordwood. In the, in, in, uh, I'm telling you, you've seen the videos. We can't get them out of the stairway. Out 30 minutes, 45 minutes. God operating on their soul changing them, healing people. That's going to happen tonight. It's going to happen in this house tonight. Well, I didn't bring any clothes to be baptized. That's all right. We've got over a hundred pairs of scrubs. We even got underwear for you. I promise you, we do it. We spent over $6,000 on scrubs. Probably $100 to $200 a week on underwear. Dear God in heaven, I know Walmart people think we've lost our mind. What are y'all doing buying underwear in volume? A hundred a week. All sizes. We got small to... We got you covered. 
promise you, we don't want them back. They're disposable. Take them home. And they're whitey-tidies. I can't help you. I mean, it's just what it is, all right? It's just what it is. I'm not going to buy briefs. It's just too much, okay? But you're going to get touched by God tonight if you're hungry. Last Sunday night, 107 people got baptized. We baptized till after midnight. People were watching online. They felt the Holy Ghost coming into their bedrooms, their living rooms, got in their car, drove 30, 45 minutes, and said, y'all still baptizing? We said, come on, we're baptizing, we're baptizing, we're baptizing. People walking through the door that were at home, eating some chips and salsa, enjoying the service, come and say, I got to get baptized and get wrecked in the Holy Ghost. People waiting three and a half to four hours to get baptized. Go figure. It's the Holy Ghost. Bro, are you ready to preach? I want you to help me welcome the man of God tonight from Covenant Connections Church all the way from Flowery Branch, Georgia, Pastor David Emerson. Amen. It's wild up in here tonight, man. Hallelujah. The spirit of prophecy is in the house. Amen. Give God another shout of praise. Just one more time. Hallelujah. My God, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Amen. Whew. Glory. He said, are you ready to preach? I've been ready for about four days. Just every time I think about it, just... I get tingles and the Holy Spirit just rests upon me. Amen. I just, just feel so humbled to be able to be here, you know, just uh, what God's doing. And, you know, Pastor Todd, it's, it's not just happening here, and you know that. But, I mean, I got people coming to my church that are visiting my church and I'm like, well, how did you end up here? And it was somewhere through that baptismal pool. I'm like, how in the world did you end up coming to Connection Church? Well, I was at this revival and got baptized and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, holy cow. Maybe I need to get in the water. Amen. But something, something, hallelujah. But God is moving. Amen. And, and so, so I'm just real humbled to, to be here. I'm excited that my wife is here, and my lovely daughter, Ray Ray, Reagan, is here, and my son, Noah, is somewhere, and so we thank God for them, and uh, God is good. I, I, I don't want to, I know there's a lot of people going to be baptized, and I, I want to, I don't want to take away anything tonight from what God's doing. I want to add to it, but I don't have a sermon for you. The Lord's so been wrecking me and wrecking our church that I haven't prepared a sermon in weeks. Uh, I just get along with Jesus and and cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just just cry and and preach, you know. And uh, and so I, I mean, I got something for you, but uh, not necessarily a, a sermon, I guess, but. Father, we love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. 
Oh, me. God is wonderful. Have your way. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you. I'm going to end up in Matthew chapter 11. Uh, I, I want to speak to you. I want to bring a little bit of, of not, not, I don't want to say I want to bring clarity to what's going on, but uh, Pastor Todd mentioned something in our, in our pre-service uh, meeting uh, with the worship team and everything. He said that, that this service, the revival is going to take a transition. And I, I haven't talked to him as far as uh, anything to do with the service. Uh, so I don't know, you know what's going on. Or I was here last week, but other than that, I, don't, I really don't know a whole lot about what's going on. And so we didn't talk. I didn't know he was going to make that statement, but it just it sealed what God has put in my heart to say to you tonight. And so I don't, I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to necessarily put things in order, but this revival beginning tonight is taking a new shift. See, if you're going to do anything for God in the long term, you got to understand the different times of God and dispensations of God, because you can get stuck in a move of God and be stuck for 15 years and not even know you were stuck. And God's done moved on to something else and we're stuck in what, uh, you know, it, it's, it's called religion, but, uh, you know, we don't like to use that word, but it, it is. And, and, and God doesn't want this house, this place, this move to get stuck. He wants you to flow with the transition. And to flow with the transition, we got to bring some understanding of what's going on. I want to start with, with a statement, and I want you to listen to me. I want you to hear what I got to say to you tonight. I'm not a prophet, never called myself a prophet or anything like that. I think that I don't care about what you call me. Amen? The old folks just said, don't call me late for dinner. Amen? And my wife got me on a diet, so it don't matter if you call me for dinner or not. I got to eat a bar or a shake or something, so, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But uh, anyways, uh, thank God for our women, amen. But <clears throat> listen, to what I got, listen to what I got to say because I'm coming to you with a prophetic voice tonight in this house. So I'm not preaching a sermon, but I want to speak something to you. Jesus did not come. His goal was not to come and save you and, and forgive your sin to get you to heaven. Now that is, that is the main focus of the modern American church, and that's what we preach, that the whole reason Jesus came to the earth was to defeat sin so we can come to an altar, say a prayer, and then be okay in the sweet by and by, and that's not why Jesus came ultimately you got to understand, Jesus came to the earth on a mission to reestablish his kingdom on the earth. That's why Jesus came. He came because his kingdom on the earth was, was, was no longer his kingdom on the earth. He came to reestablish his kingdom on the earth. In doing that, he had to conquer sin. He had to conquer death. He had to conquer the grave. He had to give us a way to be reconciled back to the Father. 
But it's not for us to enjoy eternity in the sweet by and by. It's for us to have dominion over his kingdom on the earth. We, we can't get so excited when we get to heaven that we stay here and do nothing. There's a great book right out there called He Sat Down. If you'll get that book, it's by an incredible man named Pastor Todd Smith. But if you'll get that book, you'll understand that when Jesus sat down and said, it is finished, he then put the baton in your hand and said, now you go. I've reestablished dominion for man, my kingdom. See, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus was getting baptized, oh, Lord Jesus, when he was getting baptized, he, he stands there before John the Baptist who was baptizing under repentance. John said that my baptism is unto repentance, but he said my baptism is leading the way for another baptism. So John represented as a high priest, he represented a certain dispensation. Are you here? Let, 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 let's read this real quick before I get to preaching and forget to read the Bible. And then y'all say I'm a heretic because I didn't read the Bible. Matthew chapter 11. Look in the word of God. 11 verse 11 says this. Hold on, I may want to back up. Let's just start with 11. It's talking about John the Baptist here, and he says, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women. Now watch this, my God, listen. Of them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Do you get what he's saying? He's saying from that, from, the, from creation to now, everyone born of women, none are greater than John the Baptist. Do you see that? Now watch this. He said, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Now, when you think and you read the kingdom of heaven here, you think it's talking about eternity. It's not talking about eternity. In the word of God, it uses two phrases, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. When it talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's talking about the kingdom of God on this earth. When it says the kingdom of God, it's talking about, the, it's talking about heaven, eternity. Do you understand that? It, it literally phrases better to say kingdom, uh, heaven's kingdom, which means that it's been relocated. I don't know if you're tracking with me or not. He says, in all the days that men and women have been born, no one has been born greater than John. He said, but in this kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that we now live in, that Jesus was now establishing. Let me back up and tell you this. What did John say and Jesus say? What did John say when he was baptized them unto repentance? He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means it is here now. It's not coming it's not coming, it is at hand, which means it's in our reach, which means it's here now. 
Jesus, after he was, he, he, was, he was baptized, he went about and he was doing the same thing, saying the kingdom of heaven is here now. We're taught we got to wait and suffer through this life until we get to eternity. And Jesus died for our eternity. Jesus died for our eternity, but he also died for our now. He died for us to be victorious now. He, 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 he reformed our relationship with God. And everything Adam and Eve lost, we now have again. It's the kingdom of heaven that's at hand. Are you here? I'm going to teach you for a minute and then I'm going to speak to you. Ready? He said, all the people that have been born of woman, none are greater than John. He said, but in this kingdom, the least is greater than him. Now I want to deal with something right now. Every one of you that has fallen to a spirit that has lied to you and said you're nothing but an old sinner. I hate that song. I'm just a sinner. I tell our people, we'll never sing that song. I don't want to hear it. Don't use that phrase in my church. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. The moment you got saved, you're no longer a sinner. Now you're a son. Now you're an, you're an heir to the blood of Jesus, to the life of Jesus. I'm not a sinner anymore. The old man is dead. I'm a new man. This new David has new garments. I got new shoes. I got a new robe of righteousness. I'm not stuck in a, in a sinful uh, being. The kingdom of heaven is here now. And the moment I get born again, I step into my kingship and my authority. See, one thing you got to understand about Christianity and everything you got to understand about this book that we read called the Bible, you better understand one thing. It's all about a government. It's all about a kingdom. It's all about, it's all about who you are because Christ died for you. So they're governmental principles. I, I hate when people uh, live like, like sinners and... I don't get mad at sinners for living like sinners. They should live like sinners. I get upset when Christians live like sinners. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what upsets me because you, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't live that way because I'm a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Amen. And the least of us in this building. So you that have that complex that you're less than, that you're worthless, that, that everybody's greater than you and, and you don't have nothing to offer. I come to tell you what the Word of God says. As great as John the Baptist was, who ushered in the salvation of all mankind, who ushered in the reestablishing of the kingdom of God on heaven, he is less than you are in the eyes of God. He is less than you because you have the power to usher in this new kingdom. I know you don't believe it. You don't understand it. But wait right there. Wait right there. I come to get you tonight. I'm going to drag you to the baptismal pool. I come, I come prayed up. I come ready to deal with every religious spirit, every false doctrine, every lie from hell in the name of Jesus. You got 30
30 seconds. Every devil, you got 30 seconds to get out of here because I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mess my glasses up. Made my hair up. John the Baptist was great at notwithstanding. He is least. The least one of us is greater than he. Why? Why? Watch this. It says in verse 12, For from the days of John the Baptist until now. Everybody say until now. He's given us a dispensation. Jesus is saying something is changing from this point forward. He said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. You know, when we're going through a, a storm, we're going through a, a fire or a trial or whatever, we'll use this phrase out of context. We'll, we'll, you know, when we battle in the spirit, we use this phrase out of context, where the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Let me go ahead and let you in on something. The kingdom of heaven is not in a fight against the kingdom of hell. The kingdom of heaven has already won. It has already been established. When Jesus said it is finished and sat down, the war was over. Let me go ahead and make you real mad. The only power that the enemy has over you is ignorance. That's the only authority he has is ignorance. For the Bible says that, 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 that God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Not lack of power, not lack of authority, not lack of anointing, lack of wisdom. Because we believe everything, uh, 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 you know, our wonderful preachers. You know, I get so mad, at, and I can because I am one, but I get so mad, Joe, at our preachers these days because we think if it rhymes, it has power. And I, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if it's hermeneutically correct. I don't care if it's rhythmatically correct. If you ain't spent time with God, and if you don't have the anointing of God, you can make it rhyme, you can make it say whatever you want to, but there's no power behind it. You can post it on Facebook and make, make t-shirts out of it, but if you don't understand the authority of it, you get what I'm saying? Am I, am I tracking with anybody? Are you here? Now watch this. He said, we use that verb, that the kingdom of heaven suffered violent. And the violent take it by, like we're in a fight. The only fight you're in is the fight of your flesh. We give the devil so much credit. I, I, I tell people everywhere I go, I say you need to quit blaming the devil because he's not omnipresent, meaning that he can't be at your house messing with your kids and at my house messing with my kids. 
We out rebuking the devil using all our strength, using all our faith, using all our abilities. Our faith is decreasing. Our strength is decreasing because we're not dealing with the devil. He's already defeated. He's already been conquered. Jesus holds the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Your fight is with your flesh. I'm going to make you real mad before I fix it. And we use that scripture, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent and the violent time. Let me tell you what that phrase really means. Listen in context. When it says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, when you put those words together, it means to be seized or closed in. It means to be limited. The kingdom of heaven, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been on earth with measure. It has been surrounded. It has been enclosed. It has had parameters. And all the law and all the prophets, Ebo, prophesied, Jesus said, until now. What did they prophesy? They were always prophesying that the kingdom is coming. That the kingdom is coming. Isaiah said that the, that the Lord is coming and the spirit of the Lord will be on him. And God has anointed him to, to preach the gospel to the poor and bind up the brokenhearted. Remember, you've read it in your Bible. Jesus stood in the temple and quoted that. Remember? They were always pointing to something that was coming. The Bible says all the prophets... Prophesied till John. He said, and from John until now, the kingdom of heaven has been on earth with measure. It has been on earth, but it has been seized. It has been surrounded. It has been somewhat conquered. That's what that means. Has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. Has nothing to do with fasting and praying. Your victory is already won. Do you understand what I'm saying to you tonight? I think I'm the only one that's happy about this. My victory is won. I'm not to be walking around here as, as a warrior. God, if God needs a warrior, he'll dispatch angels. Even, G, even the enemy tried to sneak Jesus in about it. He said, why don't you jump down from here? Because the, the, the word says, even if you dash your foot against a stone, the angels will come and grab you. God doesn't need warriors. He's got angels. You know what he needs? The Bible says that when the kingdom of heaven was reestablished on earth, that we have become a kingdom of priests. King James says kings and priests, but it really means a kingdom of priests. That means we're not sinners saved by grace. We are the priests of God. That everywhere I walk this earth, I walk just like my father. Can I give you another nugget before I go on right here? You ready? Am I helping you in any way? Watch this now. Blind Bartimaeus is sitting by the roadside begging. 
He had no government legitimate right to ask Jesus for anything. Nothing. And the Bible says when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth walked by, he began to cry, Jesus, thou son of David. And they go, uh, uh, uh. You, you, you don't say that. That's not who he is. Because when you said he was the son of, that, that now you're given his authority and his right to act. I, I wish somebody knew their Bible. The, the name of your dad established your authority. We even have it on earth. When a police officer pulls you over, he does it in the name of the law. Not in his authority, but in the authority that's been imputed to him and it shows by a badge. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so, he wasn't the son of David, he's the son of Joseph. He was Jesus of Nazareth. But an old sinner blind man knew about government so much that he knew that the Messiah was not coming through a man named Joseph. The Messiah was coming through a man named David. And the reason he was coming through a man named David is David was the only man that operated in a threefold kingdom. A prophet, a priest, and a king. And so Jesus had to come through David because Jesus operated as a prophet, as a priest, and as a king. Well, what's that got to do with me? I ain't, I ain't got nothing to do with David. Nothing. Because the moment Jesus calls you a son, y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Let me try this side over here. The moment said, Jesus says I'm his son. I'm not the son, David Edmondson. I am David, the son of the Most High. And I operate as a prophet, a priest, and a king. Woo. Hallelujah. Jesus said, all of them prophesied till John. Until now. See, what you got to have tonight is an until now moment. You got to get so fed up with your stinking life, not producing good fruit, that you, get, you walked in this place and you say, devil, until now I had an addiction. Until now I had an addiction. Until now I had sickness. Until now I had a disease. Until now I've been in poverty. But I realized tonight I am a prophet. I am a priest. And I am a king. Good God, I feel like preaching. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching to somebody that realizes that your last name does not define you, but what defines you is who is your daddy? Who is your daddy? Who is your daddy? That's all I want to know from you tonight. Who is your daddy? Not how long you pray, not how much you read. I want to know who your daddy is. Walking around here like you got authority. Walking around here like you got, you got some kind of right to be here. Who is your daddy? Who you think you are? I'm David. 
son of Jesus Christ. Prophet, priest, and king. He said, from the days of John the Baptist, y'all have to keep up with my time. I, I Listen, I'll preach till the rooster crows three times. Hallelujah. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, which means something's changing. So, so something's changing. The kingdom of heaven was with measure. The kingdom of heaven suffereth violent. And, and the violent, the forcers, had to take it. They had to take it. They had to take it. Until John. And Jesus said, until now the kingdom of heaven had measure. Because John's baptism represented the kingdom with measure. That's why he would prophesy, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. But you got to repent. And he kept saying this, I baptize unto repentance. But there's one coming after me. Now, I don't know what your, your little book, Bible books tell you with pictures and all that stuff. And you may argue with me because Jesus and John were second cousins. But let me just go ahead and tell you from the mouth of John what John said. John said, Jesus came walking on the shore and I knew him not. He said two or three times in that one passage, Pastor, the Messiah came, Jesus was standing among us, and I didn't even know him. To, to let you know there's no conspiracy going on here. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Because we have all these sermons where John and Jesus grew up together and playing matchbox cars and Legos. You know, it, that's that homiludical, nudical, snookadoodle stuff. It rhymes, it sounds good, but there's no authority behind it. There's no power behind it. There's, there's no unction behind it. You hear? So we have Jesus and John standing in the baptismal waters. This is the first time you see the old dispensation in the same water as the new dispensation. You have the baptism unto repentance standing in John's words there's one coming after me mightier than I whose shoes I'm not let, I'm not worthy to unlatch it he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and fire the first time we see it is when Jesus steps in the river jordan and you see the old dispensation and the new dispensation standing in the same water the baptism of repentance standing with the baptism of fire. Exactly what Pastor Saul had already played out on the banks of Jordan. And we wonder why are they getting baptized? They've been baptized four times. They've been baptized six times. It doesn't matter because I've sinned more than five times and six times. 
Jesus didn't say, I'll baptize you with Holy Ghost and fire one time. So we see what's being played out in this revival. Two baptisms in one water. When Jesus went into the water, he come out of the water. He told John, John said, Jesus, I can't baptize you. I'm not worthy to baptize you. Jesus said this. He said, you must baptize me to fulfill all scripture. He said, before I can go into something new, I have to fulfill the old. The kingdom that's been on, her, on earth with measure, I have to stop that if I'm going to deliver a kingdom on earth without measure. Uh-oh. You see how I snuck that in there? You got to do that with religious people. Can't just come out. You got to sneak it in there and back off. I'm teaching you preachers something. Then you tell a joke and you go back to it. I don't have any jokes for you, but let me go back to it. He said from the, from the days of all the prophets until John, the kingdom that is upon this earth is with measure until now. And when the two baptisms meet in one water, when they come up out of the water, now there's one baptism, and it's a baptism of Holy Ghost and fire. It is a baptism of Holy Ghost. And let me tell you something, friend. Despite of your religious teaching, it is a kingdom. You step into a kingdom that is given on earth without measure. God never, Jesus never said, I'm going to pray to the Father when I get there and get him to send you a portion of the Holy Spirit. That's something we teach, that, that there's only certain gifts of the Spirit on the inside of you. Only certain on you and only certain on you. Because we like to twist Scripture to make us be able to understand them. Let me tell you what the new kingdom is. The old kingdom was with measure. And if that was until now, the new kingdom is without measure. Which means you can do what Jesus said when he told his disciples, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out devils, heal the sick, cleanse the leper. Freely you have received without measure. So you know what that means to us tonight? Everybody in this room, I feel it coming back on me. You say, you angry, you mad, I am. I'm so mad I could chew nails because I've watched for years Christians fall under a bunch of lies and I'm here to destroy every lie from hell. The Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you has all the gifts on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you is without measure. It's time you take your full right that Jesus paid for, quit living under the old prophecy, and, and have an until now moment. And this is what that means. Everybody that gets in that water. I'm going to take my coat off. I'm hot. Y'all, 
Y'all done worked me to death. I don't need to diet this week. I lost about four pounds. Everybody that gets in this water. My God, it's warm. Hallelujah. Oh, that felt... My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Woohoo! There's something in that water right there, I'm telling you. He ain't never gonna ask me back. But that's all right, I got one shot. And I'm done. Do you get what I'm saying to you tonight? We walk on this earth as kings and priests because our daddy, not cause of us, because our daddy paid the price. The, Paul said it like this. Paul said that we have an inheritance, that we've been adopted. When you're adopted, it means you have every right to every bit of inheritance of the Father. We are posthumous humus people, which means our dad passed away before we were born. And do you know, Pastor Karen, that it is a legal right that a posthumous child gets the exact same portion of inheritance as a child that was born when the dad was still on earth. I just won't tell you the blood hadn't lost its power. The name of Jesus hadn't lost its power. We walk around here with the full authority of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means when you get out of that water tonight, go home and where hell has hit your home, stand in your house. Some of you little mamas might need to get you a chair. Get you a chair and stand up in it. And look around your house and say, hell, until now. Sickness, until now. Poverty, until now. But I've been to the North Georgia Revival and I listened to an old crazy guy throwing water on his face and acting like a fool. But something stirred up on the inside of me and I realized that something happened in the baptismal waters when Jesus and John stood there. And now the kingdom I live under is without measure. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet all over the building. Glory! Now, I do want to say this. <laughs> oh, I got to speak to you. What's up, Eves? I almost came to Pastor Todd during worship and say I got a prophetic word for her. But you got to obey, you got you to wait for timing. You got, timing is so important. It's so important. If your timing's off, you miss the touchdown pass. If your timing's off, you swing and you strike. The timing's important. You were worshiping the Lord. I saw you last week. But you were worshiping the Lord tonight. And the Spirit of the Lord said, every revival has to have a prophetic voice.
This revival has a pastor. Is that clear? They shepherd, they shepherd what God's doing. You've got to have a pastor. But it's got to have a prophetic voice. I was standing there and Jesus said, I want you to prophesy in front of everybody because she's been looked over her whole life. And what I'm going to do in her life... God said, what I'm going to do in her life is going to be out in the open. And he said, tell her that I know what it's like to be wounded and I know what it's like to bleed. He said, but with every drop of blood, I cured cancer. I cured sickness. I cured disease. So I had to take the stripes for the blood to flow. And I saw you up here striped and blood flowing all out of your, your whole body. And Jesus said, uh, the Holy Spirit said to me, just like, just like I was wounded and had to be wounded to step into who I was. Though it wasn't all God's will, God says the wounds you've been experiencing has pushed you in to a prophetic worship voice. And the Spirit of the Lord said, as I was on the cross, Jesus said, I was on the cross and my Father declared to the whole world, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And I stand before you and all heaven and all earth and heaven says, this is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. In the name, stretch your hands this way, in the name of Jesus, the prophetic voice, a new mantle is being rested upon you tonight. In the name of Jesus, as this revival is shifting, your voice is a key to the presence of God in this place. And in the name of Jesus, every wound will produce healing. Every wound will produce deliverance. As you sing, as you declare God's word, heaven stands at attention and said, This is my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. Somebody worship him right now all over the building. This 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 Listen, you've heard it before and it's worth me saying the devil should have killed you before he, when he had the chance. But you done showed up from Arkansas and Texas and, 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 and Oklahoma and China. I want, real quick, I want everybody that has come to this revival out of state, get up here to the front quickly. We got to baptize people, so we got, ain't got time for you to decide to come. If you don't belong to this state, Get up here quickly. I'm telling you. I was standing right there when the God was dealing with me about my prophet, to prophesy to her. He said, I want you to release the Spirit of God that is in this place. He said, give it to them. Well, I feel it right now. I feel it right now. 
I feel it right now. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, you at this altar. You say, well, I, I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist. I'm not, I don't, okay, listen. We, we're all kings and priests and, 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 and prophets. We're not, we ain't worried about no doctrine, no whatever it's called, denomination. Give me some water. Somebody say amen. amen. In the name of Jesus. My God, I wish I could say it in Chinese. Hallelujah. Glory. I try, but I just end up praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Yesu. Yasu Minsa. Yasu Minsa. My God, I'm bilingual. Yasu Minsa. Hallelujah. Take it back to China. Is y'all's pastor with you or y'all just... You the pastor. My God. Hell ain't got a chance. Amen. Now, some of y'all are ushers, right? So, okay. I am the senior citizen. Okay. All right. I got you. So, so make one line, because I, I don't want to get the ushers, uh, uh, and I know I got, I got to hurry, so I'm not going to spend all day with you. Because what I got in me is without measure. So the moment I lay my hands on you, it's imparted to you. What you get is what you receive at that point. You receive it by faith. Are you here? You get what I'm saying? Lift your hands, look unto God. Father, stretch your hands towards Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, every state represented at this altar will never be the same. Every county will never be the same. In the name of Jesus Christ, these pastors, these people will go back with the fire of the living God. In the name of Jesus, they will go back with the anointing of God without, woo, without measure. In the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I got to slow down real quick. generational blessings coming to you I see generations being unlocked to you I don't know what that means but in the name of Jesus you know what out of your belly shall flow rivers good God almighty come on somebody worship God in the name of Jesus in Jesus holy name 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 Oh, you're taking it. In the name of Jesus, you ready? The words you're going to speak are with power. In the name of Jesus. Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking. Fire! Fire! Come down.
You, listen, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you to come on this side right here. Not saying you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, but you know what I'm saying. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, get up here. But if you need a fresh touch of God, get up here. I'm turning this over to Pastor Todd where he can get you in the baptismal pool. But I need to lay my hands on you. The fire of God is in this house. Where did he go? Did he get raptured? Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name tonight. The Lord is ministering. Now let me give a second altar call tonight. Many of you have come to be baptized. You're ready to be baptized. You want to be baptized. You want to have an until now experience. I want you to come up these steps right here and walk up these steps. Our team is ready to assist you. If you're ready to be baptized tonight, our team is already in place. You can come. They're coming by the dozens. Just keep coming. You keep coming. If you want to be baptized tonight, keep coming. The Holy Spirit and fire, water and fire. Just make your way this way. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Holy Ghost. Keep coming. Multiple, multiple opportunities tonight. Receiving fire. Keep coming to be baptized. Keep coming. Keep coming. Jesus. Come on, we'll take care of you. Come on. Keep coming. You have sickness in your body. There's healing in that water. Jesus is the healer. It's going to take us just a few moments. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Come Something's changing in the spirit. Something's breaking. I can feel it. Heaven.